0: Proverbs 27.4 says, Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Today, we'll be looking at what the Bible says about jealousy and the pathway to defeating this giant. This message is the ninth in the series, Gigantic. The message is entitled, A Giant Called Jealousy, Part 1. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. So, Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we turn our attention to God's Word. We're involved in a series of messages called Gigantic, and we've been talking about some of the giants in our lives, not the external things, problems that we have to deal with, but the internal giants that we all face from time to time. And as a part of the series, we talked for four weeks about the giant called soul pain. How we have a pain inside of us, and we hurt on the inside, and how we need God to help us to find healing for our broken hearts. And again, we we spent four entire weeks talking about how do you restore, how do you be rest- how are you restored from the hurting places in your heart. And then we spent two weeks talking about uh, a giant called anger. How do you conquer anger when it comes against you and overcome it? How do you learn to deal with it effectively? And then two more weeks we talked about the giant called worry, anxiety, fear in your life. How do you conquer worry and fear? And now this weekend we're going to talk about a giant called jealousy. For two weekends, this weekend and next weekend we're talking about this enemy that comes against all of us from time to time. As I was thinking about this topic of jealousy, I don't believe that I have ever preached an entire message on jealousy over 35 years of ministry. I may have at some point. I don't recall it. I certainly have touched on the topic from time to time. But for this week and next week, our, our, our focus, our laser focus is going to be upon something that we often, we do not talk about very much, and that's an issue called jealousy and envy. And it's something that we all have to deal with, something that we have to learn how to overcome if we're going to be happy and effective and spiritually productive in our journey with God. So I'm going to share with you this weekend just two things today Next and we'll look at two more things relative to jealousy that will help you to conquer this giant. Now, to make sure that all of us are on the same page together today, let me just start out by asking for a good time of confession. You know, it's good to come to church and confess your sins, right? And one of the things we do in confession is we own up to stuff that's in our life. And let me just ask you, would you agree today, my hand's going up on this, there have been times in your life and my life that you have suffered from jealousy. If that's true for you, raise your hand, All right. Maybe there are two or three of you that have never suffered this before. Would you please see me at the end of the service and give me your secrets? In fact, you may be preaching next weekend, okay? But two things this weekend we're gonna look at. Number one, the first thing we have to do to conquer a giant called jealousy, we must learn to pick up on its presence in our life. Be aware of its presence when it shows up. That might seem like a strange thing to say because you say, well, certainly you would know when you're feeling jealous. Actually, the reality is we don't, often recognize it for what it is because jealousy is a very subtle thing that comes into your life. It gets you before you realize it and part of the reason it is so subtle is because it is easy to take your jealous feelings and to justify them, to make you feel like you're feeling them for a good reason. There's adequate cause for you to feel jealousy and so it comes in subtly and before we know it, we're justifying these emotions and attitudes, and then it causes us to react in certain ways toward people. So it's a subtle thing. It's an easily justified thing. It's a reactive thing. Let's sort of paint a picture. Let me talk to you about some of the ways that you and I experience jealousy. Sometimes we get jealous, if we're really honest. Some of us have had the experience before. You get jealous of somebody else's appearance, don't you? Oh, they just seem to look so good, and you don't like it. Because they seem to look a little better than you do. They, they went on the same diet that you went on, and they lost 20 pounds, you lost nothing. And you're looking at them, and there's something that sort of creeps in on the inside that you're wishing fat back on them, right? Okay. Sometimes it happens with someone's popularity. You want to be popular with a group of people, but it seems like this person is a little more popular than you are or a whole lot more popular than you are. They have a whole lot more friends on Facebook than you do a lot more followers on Twitter than you do, whatever the scenario might be for your life. But you begin to measure yourself against someone else. You begin to worry about how popular you might be in reference to them. Sometimes it has to do with possessions. You look at someone and they have the very car you wanted. They have the house you wish you had. They have the clothes that you really would have preferred to wear. And so you're measuring your life, again, based upon the possessions, the material things that you see around you at work. It might be in relationship to someone's position, their power, their influence at work. But all of these things happen in our world and we, we, we react to them. We have this emotional thing that goes on on the inside of us and we begin to justify it internally. And we react in our attitudes toward people around us. It's very subtle but it grabs all of us from time to time. Now, let me see if I can help you to understand why we become vulnerable to jealousy. Let me share with you four reasons why you and I are are vulnerable to these feelings of jealousy. First of all, because many times we, when we're looking at another person, we believe that we deserve the advantages, we deserve the applause, we deserve the appreciation, we deserve the recognition or the promotion that someone else is receiving. And so they're getting it, But our feeling is that we deserve it. And so, because of that feeling, I'll come back to the root of that in a moment. We begin to have these reactive emotions inside of us. Second of all, sometimes we compare our lives. Quite often, we compare our lives, our circumstances with someone else. And what comparison means is this you take your life and you sort of lay it down mentally beside someone else's life. And when you look at it, you always tend to view your life as less favorable than theirs. If I only had what they had, if I only had the job they had, if I only had the car they had, if I only had the you fill in the blank that they had, then my life would be better. The sad portion of that is that when we compare ourselves with others, we never really know what's going on with someone else And everybody has their own challenges and their own problems, but we view it from the standpoint of putting ourselves down while we exalt others around us and we come out on the short end of the stick and it creates these feelings inside of us. Third reason why we often are vulnerable to jealousy is because we fear. We expect the loss sometimes of things that we value. We're going to lose something to another person, to a rival. And this person comes on the scene and and we are now in competition with them and rivalry to them and fear comes up in our heart. We expect that we're going to lose something to someone else or to something else and so we react, react, react jealously. The fourth reason, and it really ties into the third one, is because at the very core of our being oftentimes we're just insecure. A lot of our jealousy is based upon our insecurities. We we are insecure about our abilities, insecure about our acceptance, insecure sometimes about the assignment that we have in life versus what someone else has in life. Sometimes we're insecure, insecure about our opportunities. And so because of this insecurity, we perceive competition sometimes where there is no competition, but we build it up in our own minds. And it makes all these things make us very vulnerable to jealousy. Now, how do you recognize? If we need to pick up on the presence of jealousy, how do you and I recognize it when it comes into our life? We might realize some of these vulnerabilities, but how do we recognize it when it shows up? Let me share with you. These are not on your notes, but I would encourage you maybe to write them down somewhere just in brief form. You can also go back and get the MP3 or uh, uh, one of the CDs later and review it again. But let me share with you some of the symptoms that you need to look for in your life that will indicate jealousy is going on. Perhaps the first symptom that will show you that you're jealous is when you begin to, what I would call, qualify the successes or the accomplishments or the advantages of someone else. At the office, when someone gets that promotion that you really want, you qualify it by saying something like this. Well, they got that promotion by, and you fill in the blank. You've now qualified it in a negative term or she looks so good because she got plastic surgery. And so you take what looks like an advantage in someone else and you qualify it so it makes it more palatable for you. And when you begin to begin to qualify the successes of others in a negative way, it's an indication that something's going on inside of you. When you find fault, there's a second way that you sometimes can recognize uh, jealousy in your life. You start finding fault with people and putting them down. You know that a lot of the reason that we find fault with other folks is because we're jealous of them. We want to find the negatives in their life so that we can make ourselves feel better about ourselves. And so if I can put you down, then it makes me at least in a deceptive way feel better about me for a moment. And so the finding of fault, the putting down of the successes about others, the sarcasm toward other people's successes, all these are indicators of jealousy. Thirdly, when we minimize our desire for that success. Someone is succeeding, but we say something like this, you know what, I could have, but I didn't really want to. That could have been mine, but I really didn't want Well, yes, you did. You really wanted it, but you're now trying to make yourself feel better about the advancement of someone else because you're now putting, you're minimizing your desire for it. Here's the fourth reason. I'm going to give you a phrase here. You may want to write the entire phrase down. One of the ways that you will know that jealousy is showing up in your life is when you hope for what I would call equalizing misfortune. Equalizing misfortune. I love what Andy Stanley said about this in one of his books. He said, the only thing the haves can do to make us have-nots feel better is to lose what they have. There's something satisfying about watching someone you envy lose something you wish you had It sounds harsh, but it's true, isn't it? That when you are envying someone, when you're jealous of someone, and then you get some bad news about them, it It says a lot about where you are in terms of how your response is to the bad news about someone else. If you are sort of gloating on the inside because of the failure or the misfortune of someone else, now you feel like you've now equalized them. You're back on equal standing with them because they've lost something that you really wanted for yourself anyway. The fifth reason or the fifth way that you can recognize jealousy in your life is by projecting evil motives onto people. Sometimes you just create these evil motives going on in somebody else, again, so that you can feel better about the goodness you feel is a part of who you are. And all of these are symptoms. They, should show, they show up in your life, and they should be red lights, flags that go off that remind you, you know what? You are maybe on some dangerous ground. So when you start thinking or feeling like this, you need to be aware of this reality. Jealousy is showing up at my door. Let's talk about the second point today. This giant called jealousy. It's important that we know where it comes from. The Bible is very specific about jealousy in terms of where the origins of jealousy, the genesis of je- jealousy in our lives. See, the scripture, according to the scriptures, jealousy is an inside thing. It happens inside of us before it comes out of us, and it's a very evil thing. Look at what the apostle James says about it in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Listen very closely as I read this. But if you are bitterly jealous, so what is he talking about here in this passage? He's talking about jealousy. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition, interesting that he links jealousy and selfish ambition together. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. don't add more to it. You already got enough bad going on. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and. What's the next word there? Come on, say it with me. What's the word? You must get that word. James the Apostle says you've got to understand that this jealousy thing and the selfishness that goes along with it, it's not just a bad thing, it is a demonic thing. There's an element of, of, of evil behind it that goes beyond just the natural evil of humanity. He goes on in verse 16 and says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind, uh, every, and evil of every kind. And I've noticed that to be true, that once jealousy starts, jealousy, jealousy can lead to lots of horrible things. It can lead you to lying about a person. It can lead you to stealing from a person. It can lead you to killing a person. Jealousy can create all kinds of issues in our life. Evil that flows out of a jealous heart. Let me read this now from the voice paraphrase James chapter 3 verses 14 through 16 again listen to this translation if your heart notice what are we talking about your your heart if your heart is one that bleeds dark streams of jealousy I like the way it describes it because how accurate that is if your heart is one that bleeds dark streams of jealousy and selfishness do not be so proud that you ignore your depraved state the wisdom of this world should never be mistaken for heavenly wisdom. It originates, it, it has its genesis in, it comes from, it originates below in the earthly realms with the demons. Any place where you find jealousy and selfish ambition, you will discover chaos and evil thriving under its rule. Jesus said something about this as well in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. For from within... Notice that statement, from within. Out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires. And what's the next word there? Envy, same concept as jealousy. Envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Here Jesus says, hey, this stuff called jealousy, it's not just a bad thought you get from time to time. It represents something bad in your heart and it originates in the realm of evil. Satan himself is the originator of jealousy. Let me take you back in ancient history of the world. Going back to the time Before God ever created our world in which we live, in the time in the heavenly realms when there was an archangel that was created by the name of Lucifer, and Lucifer was this amazing angel that God created to be the orchestrator of praise and worship in the heavenly realms. But over a period of time, the Bible teaches us that this this wonderful, beautiful angel called Lucifer began to be distorted and twisted in his thinking and something happened to Lucifer. He began to be jealous for the glory that God was receiving because all of the angels were worshiping God and and although he was a created being, as an angelic being, an orchestrator of praise and worship, he wanted that to come to him instead of going to God and so he became jealous of God's glory. He wanted it for himself. And in his jealousy, there was the birthing of pride. Who knows? Is it pride or jealousy? It's the chicken or the egg. They both go together. Pride and jealousy. It was a part of, of Lucifer's experience. And because of that, he had an attitude of rebellion against God, and God stopped everything and said, look, this can't be in my presence. I will not allow jealousy to remain in the atmosphere of heaven because it is polluting, it is tainting the atmosphere of holiness in heaven. And there in that moment when God recognized this and acknowledged this in Lucifer, he cast him out of heaven and one-third of the angels went with him as demonic beings and were cast down to the earth. And to this very day, we fight that foe until Jesus comes back again. Although Jesus conquered him at the cross of Calvary, we're still enforcing that victory until Jesus Christ comes back again. But here, what I want you to see is that the spirit of jealousy is in our world today. As long as Satan is in our world today, the spirit of jealousy is in our world today. And the spirit of jealousy looks around for a place to get into somebody's heart. Can I get in your heart? Can I get in your heart? Can I get in your heart? Can I find a way to get in your heart? And when jealousy gets inside of our heart, it creates all kind of horrible things for our lives. See, the Bible says the most precious thing that you and I have is our heart. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flows all the dimensions of every aspect of your life. You can write down the reference, Proverbs four twenty three. Out of your heart flows everything. And so Satan targets your heart and my heart and he targets it for, for, for a number of different things. But one of those things is jealousy. Can I make you jealous of somebody or jealous of something? And so part of what we must learn to do if we're gonna conquer this giant called jealousy is we have to learn to guard our hearts. We've got to build some protective walls around our hearts so that jealousy can't get in. And so let me share with you five things to guard against if you're going to avoid jealousy in your life. And this is the wrapping up of this weekend's message. And we'll continue next weekend with two more points. But pay close attention. What kind of guard do you need to build in your heart against jealousy? Five things to guard against. First of all, you must guard against discontentment, disgruntlement, and ingratitude. You've got to build a guard in your heart against discontentment, disgruntlement, and ingratitude. See, discontentment is that attitude that says, I'm not happy with what I have. I want something else. Now, you can easily see that if you're not happy with what you have, you're going to start looking at what other people have, right? You're going to start comparing your life with what somebody else has. And so that's why discontentment sets you up for jealousy. And that's why one of the most valuable things you will ever cultivate in your life is a spirit of contentment. That's how Paul said, I've learned one of the great secrets of life. Proverbs, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4. I've learned the secret of being content in all things. I know how to abound. and know how to be abased. I've learned that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am content. I've learned how to live a life of contentment. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, godliness with contentment is great gain. You'll have an advantage in your life if you learn how to be content. Can I ask you, how contented are you I'm not saying that you should not have a certain dimension of ambition for your life to grow and develop and to learn all that you can. Certainly that's healthy and that's wonderful. But I'm talking about a sense of contentment that you can say, God, I thank you for what you've given to me in my life right now. God, I'm pleased and I'm thankful for the lot that you've allowed me to experience. Because whether you realize it or not today, I want you to know that you are blessed. There are multiple blessings in your life right now, and you need to stop for a moment and say, God, I thank you for what you've allowed me to experience. I am content with your blessing. I am full with the blessing that you have provided for me, and I will not be disgruntled. See, let me tell you what disgruntlement is. Disgruntlement is the verbalization of your discontentment. That's all it is. So you know that you're disgruntled by listing the words that come from your mouth, words that reveal the discontentment of your heart. The greatest way to guard your heart against jealousy, one of the greatest ways is by being a grateful person. Just to wake up every morning and start your day with words like this. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you're my God and that in you, I'm sufficient. I thank you and praise you, God, that you've given me blessings for my life, and not just to start your day that way, but to let it be a part of your ongoing day. In fact, the psalmist said, seven times a day I will praise you. There was an ongoing pattern of expressing praise to God, and so you must guard against discontentment and disgruntleness and ingratitude. The second thing is to guard against fear, insecurity, and a lack of trust in God. You must guard your heart against fear, against this insecurity that, that grips so many of us and this lack of trust in God let me talk about this fear thing this insecure thing for a moment especially as it relates to jealousy I'll tell you the major major reason why we become afraid and insecure uh, about God's blessing and help in our lives is because we have the wrong view of God and the wrong view of God's blessings I'm going to illustrate it this way I'll use the stool for a moment Many of us have what I would call a limited perspective of God's blessings. We view God up in heaven having a certain amount of resources that he wants to give to folks. And it's a limited supply. And I want you to think of this just like it being the limited supply of God's blessing. Think that this is a pie right now, okay? A pie. And we think, okay, God's got this pie of blessing that he wants to give to humanity, which means if you've got a pie, there are only a certain number of slices, right? Anybody grow up in a family with brothers or sisters? (laughs) Mom or dad puts the pie on the table, the cake on the table, and and what happens? You're going to go after as much as you can get. Why? Because if you don't get it now, you won't get it. Or you give a cookie to one of your children, and you say, okay, give half to your brother. Have you ever noticed what that half looks like? Because... The first brother says, you know what, if I don't get my part, my portion, there's only a limited supply of this cookie. And so if I don't get what I want right now, I'm not going to get what I, I'll never get it. And that's the mindset we have with God, that God has a limited supply of blessing. I call this a poverty mentality. There's only a limited supply in the world. And so I've got to go get mine. And so if I don't get mine, I'm not going to be happy. And if you get a bigger portion than I do, that means I'm going to obviously get less. But here's what I want you to see, that God's supply of blessing is not a limited supply. God is the unlimited God. God doesn't have one pie to give the world. God has all kind of blessings. And just because somebody else gets blessed doesn't mean that there's not a blessing for you as well. I don't need to be jealous of God's blessing on your life because God has a blessing for my life. I don't have to fear God blessing you. I don't have to be insecure when God blesses you. I don't have to be lacking in trust of God when He blesses you because God's not limited in His blessings. You got this? This is important to understand. This is a mindset that has to change in us if we're going to get healthy in our view of God, if we're going to overcome jealousy in our lives. The best way to overcome this kind of jealousy, this fear, this insecurity, is realize that God is a big God. He loves you. He has plenty for everybody. Amen? Plenty for everybody. The third thing you must guard against in your life if you're going to overcome jealousy, you have to guard against pride. P.R. Are you with me here? P.R. P.R. I. The central letter in pride is I. I deserve that. I deserve that promotion. I deserve that car. I deserve that house. I deserve that acceptance. I deserve that popularity. I, I. And when you and I live a life that is based on the I kind of life, then what we will do is we will always be in competition with everybody else around us because, again, the threat will be to I, to me, to you. Pride was coupled with jealousy. Jealousy with pride when Lucifer was cast out of heaven. It continues to be a coupling together in the lives of so many of us today. Pride and jealousy. The I deserve. Number four, greed. You have to protect your heart against greed. Pride says I deserve. Greed says I want. Pride says I deserve. Greed says I I must have that. And greed represents this value that we place on possessions, this value that we place on positions, this value that we place on power, this value that we place on stuff out there that makes us feel like somebody. And so when we, we, we have this greed, it's going after something external to cause us to appear to be perhaps sometimes more than we really are, to bolster our self-esteem. And greed is constantly knocking at the door of our lives as we live in a materialistic culture. It's telling us, you really want this. You really want that. You must have this. I need that. I want that. And so when you see someone else that has what you don't have, then it creates jealousy inside of you. You have to say, I I, I must have it. Let me tell you something. You don't have to have everything other people have. Did you hear what I just said? That was a great place for an amen. Amen. But it's way too late for it right now, okay? I'm going to say it again. You don't have to have everything that other folks have. That was really good. Thank you. Okay? And when we live our life that I've got to have what everybody else has, that's a miserable way to live because there will always be, listen, there will always be somebody that has more than you have. There will always be this ongoing treadmill of life that you'll never get to. You will never arrive when you live your life that way. And many of us, even as Christian believers, we continue to live this materialistic mindset. I've got to have this, and I've got to have that, and I have to have the other thing, and this is what's going to make me happy. I will tell you something. Those things never make you happy. Because it's just a matter of time before that thing is laid aside for something else. And we're on this ongoing pursuit. Now, I am in no way denying or in any way denigrating the, the, the value of things. God blesses you with things and things are inherently not evil of themselves. But what I'm telling you is this, when your value system says, I've got to have that to be happy, I have to have that to be content, I have to have that to feel good about myself, I tell you, you're on a very dangerous precipice in your life. And you'll live your life with huge amounts of of jealousy. So do you want to conquer jealousy? You have to build a guard around your heart. You have to guard yourself against discontentment. By being grateful, you have to guard yourself against fear and insecurity and lack of trust by realizing that God is not a finite God. He's an infinite God with unlimited blessings. You have to build a guard around your heart by getting the I out of the way. I don't deserve anything, amen? I'm going to tell you something. Let me go back to the pride for a moment. Whatever blessing comes in your life, no matter how how hard you work for it, God ultimately was the one that gave it to you. He gave you your wisdom. He gave you the opportunity. He gave whatever blessing you have, and so I don't care if you arrive at the highest realms of life. You cannot, if you're really honest, you can't stand it yourself and look in the mirror and say, "You know what? I really, I really did this." No, you didn't. You got there because of the grace of God upon your life. You got there because God blessed you and enabled you to do that. And that's why humility is the appropriate response and how that protects us from all kinds of jealousy. You must guard your heart from greed. I don't have to have everything, amen? And then number five, the fifth thing you must guard your heart against is resentment and bitterness. I'm not gonna mention much about this because we've talked quite a bit about it in this series and it comes up with everything in life if there's one thing I could probably preach about every weekend that we all need to hear every weekend is this phrase resentment and bitterness because every every week every day we have an opportunity to resent somebody and to be bitter about something don't we there's rarely a day that will go by in your life that someone will not say something to you that could hurt you hurt your feelings in some way or do something that you might resent and that's why we're reminded multiple times over and over and over in the Bible that resentment is a bad thing for your life. Bitterness, get rid of all bitterness and all resentment. Why? Because when you have bitterness and resentment, you will, all kind of stuff comes out of it. Jealousy flows oftentimes out of the fact that we resent someone. And so they get blessed. We're already resenting them. And that the resentment, what's added to resentment is jealousy in our lives and all this horrible stuff we carry around inside of us toward people. And God says, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Learn to let go. Learn to let go of the resentment, the bitterness that will help you be freed from the jealousy. What have we learned today? We've learned two things. Number one. If you're going to conquer a giant called jealousy, you've got to recognize it when it shows up in your life. You've got to start looking for the symptoms. Because I will tell you, jealousy is very subtle. There have been many times in my life that I, it, took, you know, I did, I, it took me a while to wake up to think, Hey, buddy, you're being jealous about this. You need to recognize it. And the quicker we can recognize it, the better off we're going to be. And paying attention to those symptoms and to realize where it comes from. When you and I are jealous, it's coming from an evil place in our heart, Jesus said. It's coming from the demonic entities that are trying to build a stronghold in your life and to build a guard against your heart that will protect you from it. So I'm going to ask you just to put a really big comma right there, okay? Uh, Just a dot, dot, dot right there. Uh, To be continued, don't miss the second part because we're going to talk about that next week. Are you good with the two points this weekend? All right, good. Let's, Let's close our Bibles, bow our heads together, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We're so grateful that you talk about everything in the Bible. Lord, there's not a thing that we have need of in our lives that you haven't addressed in your word. And one of those things is jealousy. And I pray this morning, I ask, Lord, that first and foremost that you would forgive us of all the times that we are jealous, envious of others. We look at someone and we start comparing ourselves with them and we begin to draw conclusions about our own lives. We become ungrateful toward you and proud and sometimes greedy and all kinds of other ugly things that come into our lives. And God, I pray that today you'd start building a wall of protection around our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit that we would be guarded against jealousy And we ask it in Jesus' name. Well, perhaps as you've been watching today's broadcast, something's been happening inside of you. Maybe you felt a stirring in your heart, something that's reminded you that you need to get some things right in your life with God. The first way we start in that journey with God is to open our hearts to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of our life, to turn all of our life over to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. It's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Would you bow your head with me and pray this prayer? Say these words, say, Jesus, just acknowledge that He is Lord, say, Jesus. I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all of my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me just then, I want to encourage you with the promise of God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, and we call him the name of his son, Jesus. There's salvation that's brought to our lives. He changes us on the inside, from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you, you need to take some next steps. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word, to make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it, to spend some time each day in prayer. We have some resources available for you through our website, we'd love to provide those for you. Just let us know that you need those and we'll make sure that we get them into your hands. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.